0: Hello, welcome back to MVC, America's premier tech education podcast. I'm Brian Gates. And I'm Ben Golke. And we're going to continue our conversation from last time about all the ways you can learn about tech.
1: So let's move on to the next uh, way that you might do it, which is a little more formalized. It's an online course. So it's it's not a tutorial. It's not a book, it's not a podcast. It's It's not as it's not as much go at your own pace, explore whatever you want. It's more of a Here's a progression of things that we think are important um, to do in this order, and we want you to participate in it either in a fairly passive way, if, it, if it's just a bunch of videos that you can kind of watch at your own leisure, that's fine. But there also are ones that that you know it's a little bit more guided, and it's a little bit more um, a little bit more gated in that it you kind of have these milestones you hit, and it's a little bit more like school. Um, so. They they and they can online courses kind of kind of run the gamut of of anywhere from really free and open to to something that's more structured. Um, but it it is something that if you do need more of that structure, it can be useful because handing someone a book doesn't always work, right? They don't they it just doesn't doesn't resonate with them and it doesn't provide them with an opportunity to learn. Um, so it might be the case that online courses are something that would work better for you because it it's not school full-blown, but it kind of gives you some of that same structure. And what would you define as the, the parameters
0: of what constitutes an online course? Because I can imagine some bleed over to what might be considered a tutorial.
1: Yeah. And even in, you know, if we think about like, if I just bring up Ray again, right? They even have cases where they'll have multiple tutorials that are video based Mm -hmm. that cover a topic. And it's like, Hmm, that's like, that's approaching online course, right? We're getting to the point if it's three or four or five parts yeah, and they kind of want you to watch it. Part one, part two, part three, right. To get through it. eh, We're, we're kind of, like you said, it's kind of bleeding between just a plain old tutorial and and an online course. Um, I would kind of personally consider an online course to be something that's more, uh more structured it perhaps has a, you know a table of contents basically uh, here's it's multiple multiple steps um we want you to follow this particular progression not sort of jump around and do learn it kind of however you want um and and in theory like i maybe this is too formal but my idea of an online course would inc- also include here's some stuff for you to consume and for some some stuff for you to follow along with and then and then here are some other things that we would like you to do yes based on the things you just saw and or read or whatever um essentially homework is is what i'm talking about some kind of assignment some kind of project they want you to sort of build to show that you have learned the things that we in theory have taught you um whether you turn that in and gets graded or not is a whole other story but but some kind of way to sort of show mastery through doing
0: that's the bright line that occurred to me too. There are things that have been advertised as courses that I've I've paid for and been happy with, but they're really more of what I think we would consider tutorials in that they were one-way presentation of information, either video or written or maybe both, where I would follow along or I would read along and maybe type along. And by the end, I would have exactly what, the person who had prepared the tutorial had made, but I wouldn't have anything more than that. And maybe I'd understand enough uh, to go and tweak it to my own purposes. Uh, Maybe I wouldn't exactly know how to begin doing that. And I think that's the big advantage of a course is that you do get that prompt of, okay, you've seen me do it. We've built something together. Now you go do something that is different by this much.
1: Yeah, something that that uh, being new to Lambda School and 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 teaching again, uh, a concept that I had already done but did not know that it had like an official name. They they called the IY loop, which is the it's I do, we do, you do. So you just described it there, right? The the instructor, the teacher, the video person, right? Whatever, however you're consuming it, uh, presents information to you, and and they perhaps write some code in front of you and show you how it works, right? So that's the I do the we do would be perhaps it's a it's a thing where they want you to follow along and they want you to do it with them together right It's a we're going to do this together it's it's a little bit there's a little bit of responsibility on your part but for the most part you just sort of follow along and you should get it the last step is you do meaning the student does so they have to go sort of show mastery or at least show understanding of this concept by hopefully Creating something that's very similar to what we did, but uh, but different enough that it kind of stretches their brain a little bit and makes them kind of make some connections that they may not have made previously. Um, so, and I think those those steps are really important to to be able to actually do the work rather than just see someone else. Do, you know, it's the easiest part is watching someone else do it. The next hardest part is to do it with them, and then the hardest part is to actually do it yourself with within within theory no help. And when I say no help, I just mean Someone isn't standing over your shoulder telling you what to type or, or, yeah. Um You are, of course, getting help because you can go back and look at the resources. You can, if you're in person, you can ask questions, that kind of thing. But um you are still primarily responsible for accomplishing this task. And I think that's really, really important. So if you're, if you're, I would say, we're probably not going to give necessarily any examples for this because there's literally a million <laughs> uh online courses in all different topics and they're constantly being updated and replaced by newer ones and uh there's there's lots of really great places to look for that kind of stuff um find one that works for you but as in general what we would give you I think as advice is uh make sure that you see that kind of mechanism in in the course that there is a, an opportunity for you to um to do something with what you've learned and for them to hopefully have prompted you with some kind of project or idea or something that that way because the problem with just consuming some content and then getting no starting point at all is that you're like why don't i want to practice but i don't know what to do with this right i don't know how to get started so having a having a prompt basically a way for the people that built this thing to get you started um is really helpful because especially when you're learning something brand new. You just, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know how to, how to, if you did, you wouldn't need this resource. So, uh, so having that prompt, I think is really important. So when you're kind of surveying these things and trying to figure out which one is the best one for me, that's one of the things that I kind of use as criteria is like, is there, does that loop exist? Does that I, we, you kind of loop exist in the, um, in the content? Yeah, that's
0: the, I think the, Big glaring weakness of the other stuff we've talked about, whether books or tutorials or podcasts, is there's a concept called the illusion of mastery, which is something. I remember in high school we used to joke that our favorite math teacher's classroom must have some kind of magnets implanted in the the door frame because while we were in the room and listening and taking notes, everything made perfect sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> but somehow once we passed back out in the hallway, it was gone. And so when we returned. <laughs> You know, in study hall or homework that night, it was just, it became impossible again. We we had lost all of the trigonometric knowledge that had been imparted to us. And that can happen if you're sitting and reading or listening to some kind of presentation. You think that you got it. I'm sure everybody listening has had that experience. But once you are forced to do something with the knowledge, and in this case, write some software, that's when you find
1: out what you know and what you don't. Right, yeah, and there's a related thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect in psychology, where (laughs) it's the it's the cognitive bias that you think you know more than you actually do, and I think that can, and I you know I bring that up because it's not necessarily directly related, but but it's I think that. The Dunning-Kruger is
0: more often quoted as the, the idea that the people who have the most confidence in their
1: abilities are the least know able the least. <laughs> Right, exactly. And and my and my point with that was just to say that like when you are starting out learning a thing, you tend to kind of get this, like you know nothing, right? You're coming in, you know nothing about it. So you just sort of come in, like I don't know anything about this, and you just start to kind of accept what is being told to you, right? Because you have to build some basis of understanding and then you get a little bit further and you kind of get a little big for your britches, right? You feel yeah. like, I, I know what I'm doing. I, this is great. Like I'm able to execute yeah. you know, d- different blocks of code and I can, I can make things yep. happen for myself. Um, <laughs> but what you don't realize, you you haven't gotten over the next hill, which is where you see, all you see in front of you is one hill. And then when you get over that hill, you realize, oh, there's a whole mountain range in front of me. Yes. It's, not yes. just, <laughs> it's not just one more hill. It's a right. whole mountain range. And you you begin to realize how much you do not understand about this. Which is not a bad thing. It's just you you get some perspective and some humility about I'm on a journey to learn these things and I'm I'm 10% of the way there. But for some reason, when you get to like 5%, it gives you such a boost of confidence that you feel more – You feel great. You feel great and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that you just recognize that for what it is um, and realize that it's very likely that you have only begun (laughs) – understanding this um and you know so in that sense I, I didn't mean to be super negative about you know people who are learning i'm just trying to say recognize the fact that your brain and your and the psychology of learning will trick you sometimes into thinking that you know more than you do and and to kind of just keep that in mind so that that you don't end up and and to be fair it, it will trick you both ways the
0: important thing is it will always lie to you so yes. you will always be telling yourself that you know a lot more than you actually know. Yes. or that you know a lot less than you actually do.
1: Right. I mean, so many times, how many times do we have students where they would come and say, oh, we're in week eight and I just oh, feel like I'm I don't know crushed. anything. I'm and then worthless. you you enumerate yeah. a whole list of things that they've learned and they agree with you that you've learned all those things. And then they're like, well, yeah, I guess. But they still, it's it, even even when I present the data, right, and show, look at all the stuff that you've learned, look at all the stuff that you can do now that you could not do eight weeks ago. They They acknowledge that as being true and yet they still... <laughs> they still sometimes feel like mm, yeah but i just don't feel like i know anything and and that's very true it can it can trick you in both directions
0: i heard a great ted talk once by an indian researcher who had um figured out how to encourage people to learn on their own and what he did was he would put these little kind of kiosks that basically had uh touchscreen sort of computers in these little villages just out in the middle of nowhere probably didn't have indoor plumbing and but wouldn't tell anybody. You would just have them in the school, wouldn't have any kind of orientation. It just kind of go in and say, This is a computer. I'll be back in six weeks. And he'd go <laughs> off. And he'd come back, and maybe there'd be some kind of molecular biology program in the thing, right? So he'd come back and say, Okay, children, tell me what you've learned. They say, we, we don't know anything. He said, Really? You don't know anything about biology? And they'd say, Well, other than the, the, helical structure of the deoxyribonucleic acid molecule. No, we don't uh-huh. know anything other- <laughs> <laughs> like 10 year old kids. Uh, other than that, uh-huh. you know, I can draw a thiamine structure, but <laughs> beyond that, no, not really anything. And that is exactly, if you're a junior developer, that is what, what you are feeling like. You think you know nothing, but you know a lot, but then you think you know a lot and you don't know
1: that much. <laughs> so <laughs> both, are <wrong. laughs> both are wrong. Both are wrong. Both are wrong. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind with that kind of thing is, is just, you know, realize that your mind's going to trick you and, and, and really all you can do is just kind of just put your head down and, and just keep on, keep on keeping on. Right. And, and keep learning. And, and there's the thing is, there's always more to learn. So if you're, if always you're bored, more. just yeah. look Don't up some bored. new things to learn because <laughs> there will be, it's a never ending process. Um, so the next thing, uh, is, uh, a little bit more formal than what we've been talking about is a boot camp or some sort of, uh, condensed school environment, right? Where you are, we're not talking about university here. We're talking about, about a shorter program where you're going to kind of learn in a very concentrated way. Um, okay. I thought that's what we were, we're just talking about.
0: So again, I guess I need to get the parameters of courses defined. What kind of thing? I know you said there are a lot out there and we don't want to necessarily say this is the best one, but have you taken any? Uh, so what size of thing are you are you thinking about? I haven't taken
1: any. So I'm thinking more along the lines of like uh, Udemy or or even uh, okay. some of the other online courses where they provide you with videos and they provide you with assignments. Gotcha. Um, and they provide okay. you with okay. Maybe like yeah, a, comu- yeah. a community, maybe a Slack or something, a community where you can interact with other students and you can get help and things, but there's, but it's not like a full blown school um, in the sense that you have an instructor and you have, you you basically have content creators, you know, people who are building the curriculum and presenting it to you in an asynchronous, non-interactive way. And you have assignments that they've prepared for you to work on. Um, You may or may not get them graded. And then you have a community probably of other students that you can kind of lean on for help. Okay. But that's about it. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking about with online course.
0: All right. So uh, the the Udemy's and the probably the free code camps of the world yes. would fit into that size thing. In that case, uh, I'd like to suggest something else that we didn't mention when we were um, planning our list, which are the, the exercise sites. Okay. I don't know if you've played around with
1: these. um so like Code well, Wars or?
0: Yeah, like Code Wars, uh, Project Euler would probably fit in there, which I know I know you've enjoyed, uh, exorcism.io. Mm-hmm. Although actually yeah. they recently rebranded, and I forget what their name is.
1: Because it's was. impossible for people to find it because <laughs> they misspell it.
0: <laughs> no, because actually uh, they they heard complaints from uh, from some practicing Catholics who said, this is kind of disrespectful that you're, you're yeah. really talking about Satan in this way. True. Um, okay they they kept the name exorcism, but they're rebranding to make it look more like uh actually more like me if you go to the site, it's kind of a smiling
1: older gentleman at a at a ah uh, yes <laughs> much happier yes <laughs> wow, they have a lot of different languages they really
0: do and and what's neat about it uh this and code wars and uh I guess Euler to an extent is that um Ben had said a minute ago that the problem with learning a thing is you're you often end up still not sure what can I do with this and these sites I think are good at, at saying here's the kind of problem that you can solve with what you know because if you just go kind of go out in the world like I want to build an app that will tell me when my cheeseburger is ready on the grill but I well what What does that involve? What technologies go into that? I don't really know. Or I want to build um, a calculator that can do trigonometric functions. Would that be easier or harder than the other thing? I don't really know. But these kind of sites can can sort of um, guide you along in terms of saying, here are things that don't require a lot of code to write and they'll the kind of code that goes into it is the sort of things that you'll probably see early in learning, and then here are things that are more complicated or more sophisticated than that, and so you get that progression of of learning how to use your language skills and seeing what are they good for
1: yeah that's that's a definitely an underrated <laughs> skill to have is to have those practical exercises where you can you can really understand like you said what what it is what's a, what's possible basically uh yeah so then then I would differentiate that from a boot camp. I'm just using the word boot camp in this in this case to be that is a more formalized school environment where you have probably a teacher or multiple teachers um who are helping you uh, and you have potentially work that you're actually turning in for a grade um because that way you can get that critical feedback on how did I do right I think I did it, but how did i did it work like does it is this what i'm is this is what I'm supposed to to create um so that's that's pretty important. Um, And for that, there are various options that are either online or in person. Um, I work for a company called Landa School that does it online. Um, So that's one option uh, where it is, you know, we're not going to a building in in the same room and and helping each other, right? But we are doing it over basically video chat, um, doing lecture, uh, you know, explaining something, the the IY loop, that whole thing, Um, and then having a more formalized way to for students to get help because the, the one downside of the online course is that the help's probably going to be pretty limited to potentially uh, other students who are doing it with you um, or in some cases, maybe there's just nothing there, there. There isn't any particular place you can go to ask another human being for help. Um, so having, having, if you need that, if that's something that, that is more important to you in your learning experience, then a more formalized structure probably would be better
0: yeah and, and another big advantage i think well there are two other big advantages for the the camp model which we always used to tell people at the ironyard one is the the fact that you have enrolled in something like that means that you are making a big commitment yes and and it helps to align your conception of yourself with what you're doing it turns you from i'm a person who has this other job and and you know, maybe sometimes if I have half an hour to fill in, I'll try to do something on my computer. If you're in a boot camp, then you are a student of software development. And that is who you are, and that is what you're going to do. And that makes a huge difference.
1: That's a very underestimated thought as well, is that is that just kind of changing your frame of mind around how it is that I'm going to learn these things um, can be huge, because like you said, if you think of yourself as a student, that's very different than I think of myself as someone who works at company X doing non-programmer things. And when I have a half an hour here and there, I do a tutorial, right? Like that's some people don't like the formalized school structure and they thrive better in this kind of free for all. I learn it when I want to situation. So we're not saying that this is the solution for everyone, but there are people who, who really you know, they thrive much better when there is a more structured um, environment. And when, like you said, they've changed their frame of mind around how I'm going to approach this, I'm approaching this from the angle of being a student. And that and therefore, my brain can get kind of aligned with that. And I can I can move forward and really make some serious progress. Because that's what you need to do. There's like we said, there's a lot to learn. And, and it's never going to get the, the pile of things that need to be learned is not ever going to get any smaller only really going to get bigger um, and you need to start pulling things off that pile and consuming them and, and internalizing them and, and, and building those skills um, and if you don't do that at a rate that is, that is reasonable you will just never get that critical mass of skills that you need so that you can get a job so it, for some people that's what, that's what they need is that more structured environment
0: so there's, there's one thing, and I think for me, if I had the, the choice to learn, if uh, I thought about all the options, that would be the thing that would tend to push me into choosing um, a boot camp. A second thing, which I think is only getting more important, is the idea of having a coherent curriculum. We've talked about there are a lot of resources out there, and you can find different things in different places, but how well all of those pieces fit together, especially given that some of them may be going out of date as you're coming across them, Uh, that can be very challenging. And that was something that I know made my own process of of learning stuff harder. And I learned in kind of a simpler time back uh, when the earth was young. Versus today, if you want to know how to learn any subsection of software development in 2019, I think it's a really big help to have somebody who's been doing it for several years and knows intimately what is required in a big project of today and what is not how we do things anymore
1: yeah i think a big advantage is curation right is of all the things that you could learn these are the things that are important for you to learn first Mm -hmm. and this is the specific order that we found you should learn them in because we've battle tested this, right? We've taught this in different ways. And it turns out that the most people get the most value out of learning these core things in this specific order. Um, and, and so you're, you're standing on the shoulders of people that came before you, right? You are benefiting from all of the work that was done to get the curriculum to that point. Um, and, and so there's, there's a lot of value in that. And, and, and people i I've, I've seen personally, reviews and stuff like that of various of lambda school and and other places of this was true with the iron yard and lots of different times when i've when i've interacted with people who maybe are already in the industry and i've told them what i do um and and sometimes i get you know that's great that's awesome that you're helping students and and people more people are getting in tech and they have just sort of a generally positive opinion and sometimes i get the response which is oh nobody needs that you don't you don't need to do that you just go online there's tutorials you don't need to worry about it and it's frequently unfortunately it's frequently people who are already in the industry and already know how to program and already are successful back in my day yeah yeah and they think well that's how i learned or whatever or or it. it's not that hard now that they have the knowledge it's not that hard just learn through tutorials you don't need to spend spend thousands of dollars with someone the problem is that you you it's it's, there It's very hard to, to take yourself back right and truly understand what it's like to have what they call beginner's mind where you you kind of you you've just started and you don't know anything and your, your brain is empty right and, and you need and and that's that's that can be very freeing and very um, very liberating to be able to just sort of walk into a subject and start consuming something that we can't do as easily as people who are, who, who know these things because we have all these preconceived notions and all of these ideas about how it should go. Right. Right. Um, how, how often did that hold you back in Swift because it wasn't objective C anymore? Right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Of, I knew a way to do it. And now I have to do it a different way. That's not right.
1: Right. And you don't like it because you're like, mm-hmm. this doesn't work the way mm-hmm. that, it, that I know it's supposed to work. Right. So I don't, I I therefore don't like this. So there is a lot of advantage to having beginner's mind, but the, but the, the, the downside is that you have no taste. And when I say no taste, what I mean is you have no ability, you have or very little ability to discern what is good, what is bad, um, what will work well, what won't work well, because you because in order to, to be able to make those choices, you have to have experience. And if you don't have any experience in that thing, then you're then everything seems equally fine to you, <laughs> good or bad. And so you know you it's just very difficult to to be able to tell is this a good tutorial does this properly teach the objective that it was supposed to, that it was designed to teach is this uh is this up to date is this giving me industry you know industry standard advice or is this just one person's opinion right you just don't have any ability to to, to differentiate those things and i think that is something that is really really beneficial when you are in a scenario where you have an industry expert Who's teaching you something in a particular progression and is giving you quality resources and is sending you down as much of the primrose path as possible to make it as easy as possible while recognizing that it's really hard, <laughs> right? That, that I'm not trying to say that that if you go to a boot camp that programming will be easy for you because it's not. It's a hard topic. It's hard to learn. It's hard to be good at. It's I do not want to in any way at any time on this podcast try and make it seem like this field is 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 like the easiest thing in the world it is not it's very difficult and you will struggle and you will cry and you will and you will bang your head against the keyboard and you will go through all those those frustrating emotions when you're on the way to figuring it out yeah on the way to figuring it out and you will get there but it is very difficult so with that in mind uh if you can be in a scenario where someone is trying to make it as easy as possible while recognizing that it's still very hard i think there's a lot of value in that and that means that there's you know, it's worth money or it's worth giving someone if you have the ability to do so. It is, worth, it, is, it is worth something. It is worth, you know, giving up maybe some of your salary or whatever to learn in that quality environment and to, uh, to be able to, to not have to do it the complete hard way. It's still hard, but, but you can make it way harder <laughs> by, by doing it in kind of a, a disjointed way. Yeah,
0: I think that a great point about the value of ordering stuff, because there are some things that are fundamental to everything else, and there are models of learning that say that that's why people top out at where they do at different levels in different fields. It's not they're innately incapable of going farther. It's because they had some incomplete grasp of some more foundational concept, and it's like building a pyramid on kind of unsettled ground. you you can't go too high uh, if you don't have a really solid underpinning. And if you have someone who understands what the fundamentals are very well, you're gonna get that strong foundation and then you can build yourself up higher. I, I also think the, um, something that I would not have picked as a great value of a boot camp um, before I started teaching one, but looking back, I think was probably the, the biggest value that I delivered was to let people know that, yes, this is very difficult, and I know you're very confused right now, and that's perfectly normal, and you're going to be fine, and you're going to get through this. And um, being able to deliver that emotional support, not that Ben and I really think of ourselves as touchy-feely people, <laughs> right but uh, we're more soulless automatons, but um, we're soulless automatons with hearts of gold, whatever <laughs> that would mean. <laughs> and being A able wonderful to... A
1: <laughs> Sure.
0: Being... It's, don't stop him he's rolling um and being able to tell somebody that uh, your struggles I, I know it seems incomprehensible and we've been working at it for a couple hours and i know you're still stuck that's okay why don't you take a break play a game of ping pong take a walk around the block come back to it tomorrow and just being able to reassure people that that's okay and that doesn't mean that you're hopeless
1: yeah, the pep talk is very, very much an an, an underrated feature, right, of of that environment, um, and and being told that the problems that you're having are not unique to you, that you are not some some failure of a human being who is uniquely terrible at this, that yes, you are struggling and yes, you're having a hard time, but guess what so did everybody else who came to this program before you and 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 they had the same struggles and they had the same problems and they overcame them and they crushed it and they went on and they and they became wildly successful so and you and because of that you can too right this is not by telling you you're not special in that context, I think is actually comforting rather than feeling you know usually being told you're not special is not great, but like in this case, <laughs> <laughs> in this case, being told you're not special with your problems, these problems are are a shared experience. Right. Um, all these and,
0: students had it, and Ben right. had it, and Brian had it, and yes. they turned out okay. Yes,
1: and and seeing those positive outcomes, I think is huge in providing confidence and and uh, and much needed emotional support. To get them through. And that's something you're not gonna get if you read a book, right? Right. <laughs> there's not gonna be any emotional support provided in that book, unfortunately. Right. And you you can get the pod
0: the 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 pep talk from you know your your mom or your husband or somebody like that, and that you know, thanks, mom, but there there's still the sense of this person might not know what they're talking about because they don't know anybody else in the industry. Maybe I am really the worst. But if you can hear the pep talk from kind of more of an authority figure to say, no, no, you're fine.
1: You're pep fine. talks are good, but they're they're much better when they're coming from someone that you is basically in a position that you want to be in. Yes. Right. Is further along in the journey and and is successful. If they're telling you everything's going to be okay, then I think that's way more valuable than not to discount mom. Right. She's great. It's it's I'm that that's very important. But uh, but yeah, having that specific industry expert right telling you that yeah no it's fine like it's it seems today that these problems are insurmountable but guess what they will they will you will tackle them and you will and you will you know achieve and then tomorrow, I'm going to give you a whole other problem that you're going to be <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to do it all again. So, so it's a cycle, and and it, you're in the you're in the valley right now, but you'll be on top of the hill again, and then you'll be in a, another valley, right? And, and then I'll, just- I'll knock
0: you out right off because remember, it's all a automaton. That's so. right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's huge. Um, so let's move on to maybe you've got some training, and you now want to further it. You know, you want to continue your learning beyond uh just kind of that basic let's get a a a, a baseline of of knowledge um meetups and conferences are a great way to to learn things fresh but to also reinforce things you already know or to um to even uh share the knowledge that you have gained with other people, which is, in it's, we can say as teachers that it is, that is one of the most effective ways to learn something more deeply is to have to teach it to someone else because you have to be yeah. able to understand it well enough to, um, to then make it simple enough that even a beginner can understand. And that sounds, you know, on the surface, it sounds like it wouldn't be that difficult, but it's actually really hard to take a complicated idea and boil it down to something that's simple and then build a progression of co- of of complexity to kind of start from the beginning and then build that up with that person over a little bit of time and get them eventually to understand the full topic um, that's surprisingly difficult to do so um, meetups and conferences are great to, to to learn primarily and also to to share and then sort of learn as an like an learn ancillary by learn by sharing yeah
0: yeah uh, the the first handful of times I did that at the Iron Yard, I, I felt like such a fraud. I mean, not um, teaching something that I understood pretty well and thought I have to refine this in order to improve the presentation. That was fine. That that felt like what teaching is supposed to be. But on those uh, uh, occasions when I'd come across a topic that I really didn't know all that well myself, but I had to get it ready for tomorrow, um, you know, and hustle and put something together and I thought this is this I'm just a terrible person but as I get into more um, podcasts and blogs and stuff it turns out this is a pretty common mechanism that people use in order to make themselves learn something is they commit themselves to going on stage at some national level event you know with big names in their industry and say by the first day in the month of July, I'm gonna be in Colorado, and I'm going to know a lot more about GraphQL than I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I've seen p- tweets from people who were like, "That's that's how I learn a new thing." That is that basically, I just I submit a request for a for a talk to some uh-huh. conference in three months, and I've I only know what it's called, right? That's the right. Only, like, that's that's much information I know about the topic, and so I submit it. I submit a blurb, and I submit my title, and then. And then they accept it and then it's like, okay, well in three okay. months I have to be an expert. So Clock's ticking. <laughs> I better learn this. Um I, I don't know if that's maybe the best advice to give to juniors, but but uh, because it, Well, it can... not
0: for conferences, but I think for meetups, I think
1: that's yeah. legitimate. It's true, because the the, the, the the risk there is quite lower, right? We're, instead yeah. of three hundred people in, a, in an auditorium, it's right 15, it's 20 12, people yeah. in a in a conference room, right? It's it's the the the, the risk is a lot lower. Um, I do that all the time with the with the meetup that I run for um, iOS Orlando. I am constantly asking people, come give a talk. And if you've never given one and you don't feel confident about giving one, give one anyway. Give like anyway. it's <laughs> it's basically <laughs> it, the, the it it isn't as scary as you think, um, and it is more fun than you think, and you will learn a ton from doing it. Um, and even if all you really do is just kind of practice your public speaking skills. Nothing wrong with that, right? That's that's a skill in, uh, in and of itself, and and it will help you to do things like pitch ideas to your boss or to your team better when you are on a development team. Um, you know, people think, I think, that uh, programming is all about sitting in your cubicle by yourself with your headphones on, programming away, and never talking to anyone, and it's a solitary existence. And that, is, wish. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that is true, you know, at least a portion of the time. But I'm, you know, in meetings and I'm talking to other developers and I'm I'm just wheeling my chair over to the next cube and just having a conversation with another developer about, hey, I'm trying to do X and I don't exactly know how to do this or what the best approach would be. Can we talk this out and try and figure out a way to make this, you know, to get an optimal solution? Um, so even if it's anywhere from very formal and a presentation down to just a chat, right, you need to be able to converse in code or at mm-hmm. least in a technical around way code. around yeah. code, right? Um, and so practicing that skill is really useful and helpful for you, not just to learn those topics better, but also to be a better communicator about code, and that will make you a better developer. So if you're talking about a meetup or a conference or whatever, there's really there's such little downside to doing it um, that we our, our, our advice is just do it, right? Just find one, sign up for one. It's going to feel super scary, but we promise it won't be as scary as you think and it'll actually be pretty fun. And you want a time
0: everybody is going to be on your side. Everybody wants to see every speaker succeed. Think about any time that you've been at one of these events yourself. How many times have you thought, "I hope this is a huge embarrassment, something catches <laughs> on fire." Nobody thinks like that.
1: Right, right. And in particular, if you are a junior, something that you can do is you can literally tell the audience, "Hey, I'm I'm pretty new at this. I found this cool thing that I'd like to show it to you." um but you know i may not get everything totally right if there's something that you see that you know i could use some help on please point it out right and that way you've kind of taken the air out of the room right in the sense that, is that the right no, that's not the right answer. you've you've uh anyway you've used taken... any kind of potential for conflict you you yes. might imagine is there exactly so so then everyone is on the same the same playing field the expectations are appropriate and then when, when and if you have a small little issue, it's no big deal. you just like, yeah, whatever, haha. Ha, we just move on, right? It's not a big deal. Whereas if you, if you come in and you, and you make it seem like you're a complete total expert, then you're, all you're doing is you're just puffing up your own expectations and making it so that you're more likely to be disappointed. So for juniors, in, I mean, for anyone, right? But particularly for juniors, just, just be fine with admitting, I don't know everything, right? Nobody does. Totally fine.
0: So, And I think uh, along with the idea of talking, writing works the same way. You can have a blog, even if if blogging feels too big, if you want to be on uh, Twitter or a service like that and just write a handful of words about, here's a thing that I just learned about a technology. Great. Share that with the world.
1: Because even if you're just writing a tweet, right, you're having to sort of formalize your thoughts around a thing, around a topic, around an algorithm, around a technique. And you're, and in particular on Twitter, you're having to be pretty, pretty concise with it, um, and that that crystallizing that thought into a small thing, whether it be a, a short blog post or a tweet or whatever, um, will definitely help you understand that thing better. Because like like just like with teaching, you have to kind of cram it down in this little this little you know digestible nugget, um, and and that will that will probably you go, wow, <laughs> this makes so much more sense now that I had to make it smaller.
0: And in the same way that your own brain overshoots and undershoots, other people's brains work the same way. And I've come across more than a handful of cases where people will say, uh, I wrote a blog post about something because I wanted to explain it to myself. And a while later, people would contact me and said, oh, I read this thing and I can tell that you're an expert in <laughs> this subject. You know, Could I pay you money to do the same kind of thing for me? And that's it's not that the person writing the material was presenting themselves as I built Twitter. It was, <laughs> right. I'm going to, you know, make a shallow approximation of a couple of Twitter features using a language that I know. And then someone reading it, good Wow. That's great. Hire this person. Genius.
1: Yeah. You, you just don't even know what, uh, what opportunities can come from that kind you know, putting yourself out there like that. So and and the it's the risk is so low and the and the effort is also so low that like why not why not do it right? Um, okay, so the the last two things um, are kind of similar. So uh, building your own stuff is is certainly a great way to learn crucial. and to practice. Um, And then, and then relatedly building with others. So that whether that be um, part of maybe a, like a hackathon or sometimes they'll organize a a, a couple day conference where the goal is not to necessarily sit and watch talks, but it's actually to kind of get together with other people and build things hackathon style. Um, They don't always call it a hackathon, but they're basically a way for groups of people to come together and to build um, kind of from scratch uh, and, and see what they can get accomplished in a short period of time. So both those things, whether it be maybe more long-term building it by yourself or, you know, in a more compressed way, building it with a group, super helpful to, uh, to help, you know, crystallize the things that you need to know and, and, and put into action, the things that you've learned um, that will really, it gives you that very crucial experience so that you can start to recognize things more easily and which way is the optimal way. You know, there's six ways to do something this way actually is the best way. Sometimes you don't get, you don't know that until you've tried them and you go oh yeah these are these are the ways that are not great like <laughs> this one way is clearly the winner on on how to how to solve that problem and you, it just isn't it isn't necessarily obvious when you're reading about it or watching it necessarily compared to when you're doing it and you go well I felt that pain right I felt the pain of doing it the suboptimal way I'm gonna make sure that I do it the optimal way next time
0: yeah that's if you want to do this for a living or even if you want to do it for a hobby this is what you want to do you want to be building stuff you want to be creating products that scratch some itch for you and serve some purpose in the world and all the reading that you could possibly do doesn't accomplish that so make sure you don't fall victim to i'm going to stay within the bounds that someone else has drawn someone else's blog article somebody else's curriculum even at some point you need to get out there and build stuff
1: right because ultimately if you want to work in this industry People are going to be much more impressed by the apps and the websites and the products that you have built, even if only you use them, even if they're all it's an app that's only on your phone, or it's a website yeah, that only really fine. you use. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you've built a sort of production level thing, meaning it's a it's a product that exists in the world and that maybe only you use it, but maybe but it's available for other people to use, and you kind of put yourself out there in that way. Um, that's gonna be much more valuable to you as an as a developer trying to get a job, trying to get into the into the industry than, hey, I have six homework assignments that I've completed on my GitHub. Right. That's helpful, that is useful, and it does give you people insight into how you, what code, you can do mm-hmm. what you can do, but it's not nearly as interesting as something that you've built that is sort of unique and novel to a problem that you're trying to solve in your life or in the life of of others.
0: And here's something where I go back and forth, and it's probably one of those overshoot, undershoot um, situations, again, of thinking that there are times and places where building software yourself is the absolute perfect right thing to do, and sometimes where it's a giant mistake, right? If you want to um, build skills in a new area or build skills if you're very new to software development at all, absolutely any product that you want to build is a good idea. And it doesn't matter if it's basically a clone of something else that's out there. Uh, you don't have to have some novel thing. But I think we've both been in, uh, in organizations where people decided we want to have a place where people can share a code base and also comment on it. And we think that's GitHub. There is one of those. Right. Why don't we use that one? Uh, As you get more senior, I think that the needle tends to turn towards, let's use the one that's out there. And if it's two or 3% off of our exact needs, then let's do something as a shim, but let's not build from the ground up ever again.
1: Yeah, your your eyes are much wider when you're a junior because you think all of these ideas are all great and I'm going to build all of them. And then what you don't realize is that they're pretty much mostly already built and and probably done better than you could build it. Um, and so why not just – maybe it's because we're just tired. Maybe it's because we're Part seniors. Of we're tired. Part of it is we're tired. We're just like oh, I'm very tired and I, I just don't have time for this. Um, so let's just use the one that exists. So then lastly, uh, just to briefly talk about building with others, right, hackathons, stuff like that. Have you, I don't know that I've actually ever participated in one. <laughs> have you ever participated in a hackathon, sort of a, a few day long, we're going to meet for the first time and then we're going to build something in two days kind of situation?
0: You know what? I once got myself into a situation. No, actually I have. I take that back. Uh, I was about to say that I thought I would gotten myself into a situation where I thought that was going to happen and it didn't. <laughs> and nice. that was uh, more of a startup weekend kind of a deal. Okay which is more business-focused, and as it turned out, uh, while the, the thing opened up with everybody pitching ideas, mostly software-related, of here's a business we want to build, and I thought that that meant we need to write a lot of code this weekend, uh, everybody was adamant, the people running it, that no, 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 there should be no code written at all. You need to validate that this is a legitimate business idea, and we spent the whole weekend doing that. Um, I have done some hackathons that were around um, just new technologies, or at least they were new to me at the time. Uh, One in, I think I did one in Angular 2, one in React. Um, As an introduction to technology, I found those to be really tough um, because there was just too much to learn and assimilate on top of trying to build something. Have you not uh, had the pleasure yourself?
1: I actually, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm sure I probably have, but no, actually, I haven't. Uh, I think it'd be fun. Um, I I feel like it would also be somewhat nerve wracking. I I uh, in my own in the code that I write myself, uh, you are I'm sure, I'm sure aware that it takes forever for me. <laughs> For me to build something as as it is for probably most people. Um, because you get very perfectionist oriented and you get like, well, I can make this better, and then it takes you know, you redesign it again. Um, so I don't know how well I would be able to execute in that short time frame. Um, it would probably be very stressful and I would probably get like way in my head about it. Um, and it might not be a, that productive a way for me to spend my time. Um, but I think if you were what I would suggest is if you are more of a you know, if you're more junior. If you want to attend something like this, I think it's great and what it what you should do going in is don't think I'm going to execute tons of I'm going to write all these lines of code, I'm going to be super productive and it's going to be fantastic, right? Don't go into the into this event with that kind of expectation. Go in with the expectation that you're going to learn as much as you possibly can. You're going to consume and you're going to to take in from the environment and from your colleagues and stuff as much information and you're going to you know, you're going to um Assimilate as much knowledge as possible and you are going to maybe write some code, <laughs> right? And, and I think if you go into it, I mean, even for me, I think even if I did that, right? If I went into it with that mindset, that would be much more valuable to me than I'm going to build something in two days mm-hmm. and it's going to be great, right? Because that's probably not going to happen.
0: As I think about it, especially with your words echoing in my mind about how tired we are. <laughs> <laughs> so tired. I I don't know anymore if uh, if that is ever going to be a great idea for me again to spend a whole weekend um, doing nothing but that not if I do much else during my waking hours but I take plenty of naps thank you very much um, for maybe if you're just really energetic and you feel like you can get by on a handful of hours of sleep and then go into the next week and not have any ill effects eh, i give it a shot um yeah, I don't know that I can enthusiastically recommend hackathons other than as perhaps try it one time and, and see what you think. I don't know that I'll go back.
1: So maybe not as, much, not as solid a recommendation as the previous uh, items, no. but, but um, I, I do think there is value to it. And I think if you find one that resonates with you, give it a try um you know because it's just a weekend right if it, 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 you decide this is not this is not the kind of event that i like then you can just not go to them anymore um but but also i think the important thing is is just make sure that you have your expectations set appropriately so don't think that you're going to go in and build this amazing thing and you're going to make a million dollars off of the startup idea right <laughs> it's not going no, like no, to no, but... no, no. so or that you're even going to be that productive in writing code just go in with the idea that There's lots of people here that have lots of different skill sets and levels of experience. And I'm going to assimilate as much information as I possibly can in these two days or whatever, however long it is. And, and that by itself is valuable to me, right? I think if you go into it with the right mindset, I think that's, it's gonna, you know, you'll do much, you will, you will have a much better opinion of it when you're done. And I wonder
0: whether it would be valuable to have, um, Kind of self-imposed tasks in the spirit of a, of a hackfest where you say uh, or a hackathon where you'll just say uh, i'm going to give myself one hour a day for the next two weeks and by the end of it here's what i hope to get done
1: i think that's a great idea and i think <laughs> i should i should take that advice <laughs> actually work on some of the personal things that i you know apps that i've wanted to build and haven't made a ton of progress on because you need, I think you need that structure, right? You need, you, you get that in your job when you, when you work somewhere and you build software that give you a basic schedule for like, we expect this to be done or at least, you know, whatever by this the date. The world
0: imposes structure. So we should probably conform ourselves to that and stuff.
1: So that's something that you can definitely do is if you, if you are trying to build one of these personal press passion projects to provide yourself with a portfolio for, um, you know, to have something in there that you can showcase, uh, you yeah. I think having some goals around when things probably should be done it helps to light a fire right just like we were saying with the conference thing by having a 3 month date of I am going to be in front of 100 people giving this presentation on a stage I better know what I'm talking about it gives you that motivation to get actually get it done and I think the same thing can be true when you're building your own stuff is is just it's it's arbitrary and self-imposed but you know and And if you want a little more you want a little more accountability, I find public shaming to be quite useful and <laughs> and i and I mean that only in the best way. just what I mean by that is like announcing to someone right telling someone else that this is your plan, and this is what you intend to do it 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 gives you a little bit more um accountability than just promising yourself so whether that be maybe some other people that you know that are juniors that are kind of learning along with you say hey in a couple weeks i'd like to maybe you know i don't know do a a skype call with you guys and for half an hour or I'd like to meet up in person at a coffee shop or i'd like to whatever works for you and i would like to show you the thing i'm working on and i'd like to and with the idea that it will have hit some milestone right that i would like to show off this this app, right? So if you do that, if you kind of announce that as like I'm gonna do this, it's like well then I better get it done, right? I better get the feature implemented if I'm gonna show it to other people, you know, or or you commit to showing it at a meetup or something, right? Set yourself a goal that other people are counting on you. I mean, I realize that by counting on you, it could be as simple as like, hey Ben wants to show me this app, cool, we'll go have coffee, right? It's not like it's not like this huge thing in their life, but it's still something that they've planned for and they are expecting it tends to give you more motivation to, to actually get it done.
0: And that completes our survey of ways you can learn about uh, technology. And Ben, if um, people would like to learn more about the show, where can they go? What can they do?
1: Sure. If they need to know more about the podcast, it's pretty much all available at our website, mbc.fm, And you can there find an archive of our shows and listen right on the page, in fact. Access all the show notes and all the links that we talked about today are all going to be available there. And even find out how to subscribe. We're available on iTunes and pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. If you could also please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or you can also tweet us feedback at NBC Podcast.